Welcome to the Real Marathon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best in film each and every week. I'm your host, Rob Carraher, and today we are going to talk animated films. The main review that we are talking about today is a film called Wolf Walkers, and it can be watched on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, But before we get to that review, I want to start the show just talking about how innovative animated films are. And I know that as years have gone by, they have fallen into some of the same ploys that a lot of other films have by the creation of sequels. And in some cases, they've done some remakes. But... The idea of the animated film has really allowed filmmakers to be more creative and give them a world in which they they can do things that would be close to impossible to do uh, with a live action film. And so, I'm I have always been drawn to the animated film because. It allows me as a viewer to suspend my understanding of reality and let my imagination run run wild. Even as an adult, uh, I I appreciate this, and I I understand that animated films are often catered to children. But they may not be made for for just children. In many cases, the underlying message, sometimes the dialogue, is on a higher level than children can can even really understand. So, in a way, a lot of animated films are are really made for adults. And the the ability to be original has has the animated film doing things that uh, many feature films are not. And so, regardless of your age, I think animated films are are worth watching, and they should be applauded for how they, they continue to be innovative and creative in bringing a unique perspective to things within the, the cinema world. Um, so today we're going to do that review of Wolf Walkers, but then I am also going to focus on five of my favorite films, animated films, that didn't win the Oscar for Best Animated Film and was not made by Disney or Pixar, um, because I feel like Disney and Pixar kind of have um, hogged the, a lot of the attention for animated films over the years. And uh, I, I really want to focus on some films that maybe some of you have seen. Maybe um, some of you haven't seen some of these films. Um, but these are some of my favorites. Uh, I do have to admit that as I was going back through and looking at a lot of the animated films that didn't win Best Animated Film at the Oscars, that I noticed... There are a lot of films that I just haven't seen that I should ha- I should have seen. Um, this is another kind of blind spot for me where I I see the popular ones, 
Um, I, I see a lot of films that are easy to access, but some of these others I just I haven't ever seen before. And so uh, I kind of like I did last week where I wanted to put a focus on watching more films by black directors. I, I want to watch more animated films. And so for the 2021 uh, award season, I'm going to try to do a better job of uh, watching a lot of the animated films this year. Um, and then maybe even try to catch up with some of the films that I've missed from years past. But today I'm going to talk about five films that I really liked um, in my, my top five. All right. So when we come back from this small little break, we will be talking the news. So this week on our news section, I'm not going to be going over a whole bunch. I'm only really going to be focused on um, our, our Writers Guild of America nominations. Um, and they, cause they, they announced those this week. Now the Writers Guild is a little strange because they're very particular about what qualifies. Um, if a writer is not kind of part of their club then they don't really recognize their their films um and it's kind of disappointing because there are a lot of good films that get left off um but it, it makes it a little bit more difficult to use the writers guild as a way to um as a way to ultimately uh predict who is going to get nominated for writing awards at at the Oscars um, but it still does give a little bit of an idea of what these writers from the Writers Guild um, what they what they liked this year and what could be in play for uh, Oscar nominations across the board come time for for Oscar nominations to to be dropped um, so, the the nominations for original screenplay are Judas and the Black Messiah, Palm Springs, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of Sh the Chicago Seven, and then the nominations for adapted screenplay are Borat, subsequent movie film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, News of the World. One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger. Uh, now, this is, some of these are really interesting because you didn't necessarily expect a, a few of uh, these films to make it in, but films like Nomadland, Minari, uh, Mank, The Father, Pieces of a Woman, uh, though all of those films were left out uh, because they didn't qualify for whatever reason. Um, so those are those are all films that will probably be more in play uh, for for an Oscar. And so there's a few films that may get left off. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see Palm Springs get left off uh, for best original screenplay. Frankly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Judas and the Black Messiah get left off. But that shows that there is at least some, uh, some support behind that film. On the adapted screenplay side, Borat, subsequent movie film, probably isn't going to get nominated for an Academy Award, but it could. Um, and then The White Tiger. The White Tiger just came out a few weeks ago on Netflix, and uh, it, it hasn't really been an award player, um, but a lot of people have really liked it. Uh, so the fact that it showed up on this list means maybe it might get uh, a little love on the morning they announced the Oscar nominations, but uh, it's still going to be quite an uphill battle for that film. Um, so one thing I started doing this week, and uh, it's it's going to be a little bit of a process. I'm still trying to work out some of the kinks of this, but um, I'm trying to figure out a way or, or what precursor awards, um, like these guild awards, have the greatest impact on what ultimately gets nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And so I've gone through and I've looked at a lot of these precursors uh, from ever since 2009 when the Best Picture category expanded to include up to 10 films. Um, and so one thing that I found out about the Writers Guild Awards is about 30% of the nominations go on to uh, get a Best Picture nomination. So that that shows that this is not a, an extremely important uh, precursor award if a, a film is wanting to get support for a Best Picture nomination um, come Oscar time. Um, I will be giving uh, my predictions when they announce those nominations here in under a month now. We are now under a month, um, and I will I will be using this this format uh, to help me make some predictions about what I think is going to get nominated for best picture. Um, but I'm going to wait and give you my my predictions until the show right before those nominations drop. Uh, one more piece of news before we switch over and uh, we talk about the upcoming week shows, and that is that the tr trial of Chicago Seven, uh, because this this week and weekend is the anniversary of the events that took place um, that the film highlights today. Now that you're listening to this, uh, the time has already started on this, but today. The Trial of the Chicago 7 will be available for free for anyone, regardless of whether or not they are a subscriber to Netflix, for, well, from midnight today for the next 48 hours. Uh, you can watch that film for free. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Uh, it, it is a front-runner, not maybe the front-runner, but one of the front-runners for Best Picture. And uh, I may not agree that it should win Best Picture, but it is a really well-made film, has some great performances, uh, an interesting story. Um, so I'd highly recommend checking that out. Uh, and you can watch that today for free 
for probably now about the next oh we'll say 36 hours uh, probably if you are listening to this in the morning it will be a little bit more if you're listening to it in the afternoon it will be a little bit less but i hope you go out and enjoy that film we'll be right back with some upcoming events back with some events uh, as was the case last week I am not going to be announcing any new um, shows in terms of what we're going to be talking about this week I am saving that for next week when I will be uh, announcing probably um, between four to six new shows uh, and I, I want them to be just be a little bit more focused on the pertinent topics as we head closer to Oscar night. So that is something to look forward to for next week. Um, so next week, we will be doing a review on February 26th of Nomadland. And as a reminder, starting today, you can watch that film on Hulu uh, with your subscription of Hulu. So I would highly recommend watching that prior to um, our review next week. The following week is our Real Marathon uh, spoiler show, where we will be talking about the uh, miniseries Small Axe, which can be watched on Amazon Prime, and uh, we'll be talking spoilers during that show. Um, the plan is to try to get some other folks on to talk about these films with me. That will, should be our first show with a guest, uh, and so... We'll, we'll plan on that for March 5th. The following week is Minari, which uh, currently can be watched either in theaters or you can go to the A24 screening room. You sign up for an account, and every day they have a few different showings that start at a certain time. And uh, you have a window where you can watch that film within that time. Um, but you pay for it. It's 20 bucks, And only a certain amount of people can watch that film each and every day. Uh, and I think it's kind of a cool idea. And frankly, if I were a studio, this might be the format to use going forward. Um, I haven't watched Minari yet, but I will be doing that hopefully this weekend. Um, if not, sometime next week, so I can prepare for that film. Um, I'm really excited. That film is uh, getting a lot of love right now, and uh, and I can't wait to watch it. So that will be on March 12th, where, where we will review the film Minari. The following week is the last week that I have scheduled currently, and we will be reviewing the film Another Round, which you can currently watch. Uh, as a rental on any platform that you rent movies, uh, at, at least I think. Um, at the U YouTube and Apple and all of those, you should be able to rent it there. Um, and that will, so that will be on March 19th. And right now, another round is on the short list for uh, Best International Film at the Oscars and is currently the front runner to win that award. 
Um, so we'll be talking about that film on March 19th. And that's all I have for scheduled events for this week. Uh, tune in next week to get that updated list. ready to talk about Wolfwalkers. Wolfwalkers is a film by director Tom Moore. This is the third in a series of three Irish folklore films. The first two, uh, The Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea. Uh, they, they both played well and um, they got some, some award love in their given years as well. Uh, and I can see why. I haven't seen either of those two films. I really want to. I wanted to when they came out. They just weren't as, as accessible. And then once time passes by, I just kind of forget. Um, so I'm going to have to go back and watch those two films uh, because I believe that uh, they, they very likely are um, equally as good. Um, and and that, that's awesome. So... I do not believe that Wolfwalkers is going to win Best Animated Film, which is part of the reason that I have the top five list that I do today. But I do think that it could potentially upset. The problem is that Soul is such a good film. I probably, I like them pretty equally. I probably like Soul a little bit better. Um, it's, a, it's a little more accessible. Uh the it, it's just hard to, to not like that film and it seems like the right year to award a, a film like soul but that's not to say that uh wolf walkers is not worthy of it if the academy decides to award them um they, they it is a very worthy uh, award for them um the problem is that a lot of years you don't have top contenders that are as good as these two films. So it's sort of disappointing. Like you'd really like to be able to give this award to both films. Uh, but I guess we're lucky that we got, we got two really great films um, in this category this year. Um, so I gave it four out of five stars. Uh, the animation in this film is spectacular. If for no other reason than to just see the unique uh, animation that they they use in this film, um, that that makes it all worth it. Uh, it they they have a very it looks very graphic novel esque, um, and there's times where they kind of cut the screen and edit the screen to make it look that way. Um, that that is just something that we don't get very much anymore with all these computer generated the CGI animation uh, to see a film that looks 2D and um, looks like the classic animation that we we remember when we were younger uh, I think it's pretty cool um, and they do an excellent job of kind of blending the background and the characters and, and just giving the, the, the film this, this tone um, that, that really fits what it is trying to accomplish. The colors are beautiful. And then it is 
backed up by an excellent score. The score is beautiful, and uh, it, it really the two really work well together. Um, I I would imagine that they probably uh, would would have nominated this score if it were a bigger production company that put it out. Um, but some of these more foreign uh, production companies that make animated films, they just don't get a lot of love. And, you know, that's <laughs> it's disappointing. Um, there's a song in the film called Running With The Wolves uh, by a Norwegian artist, Aurora. And uh, if this had been an original song, I imagine it probably would have gotten nominated. The scene that it is paired with um, is one of the more memorable uh, song to visuals that I saw in any film this this past year. Um, and so it would have been cool to, to see it get nominated. It just, it, it wasn't an original song. Um, but it, it is very, very well done. Um, from a technical standpoint, animated films are a little bit difficult to analyze because Many of them are the same. Uh, they, it's not like you have the same, the, this incredible cinematography. It's not like you have these incredible performances. And I think that that's kind of what takes away a little bit from animated films. Um, but, you know, they, they, still, they still do some pretty incredible things, and it allows you to focus a little more on theme. Um, I, I picked up on three themes in this film that... Uh, really shine, but they're not so in your face that it feels like the film has a greater agenda other than just to make an excellent film. Um, sometimes you get the feeling that it's like, okay, they're like, I want to make a film about this and shove it down your throat. Uh, and I understand how that can be kind of a turnoff. Um, sometimes I like it, <laughs> but in this case, uh, it's almost hidden. And you don't know that uh, that that was their intention to uh, actually talk about some of these issues, um, but that's what I took away from it. So uh, I definitely took away a theme of man versus nature. Uh, we get this this story of a girl and her father that moved from England to this uh, Irish town and just outside the town is a forest with a pack of wolves and these wolves are coming in and uh, they're killing the farmers cattle and so they have decided to bring in this girl's father to help kill these wolves um, in order to protect their town and so we get this this kind of dynamic where we see uh, the, the idea of man overtaking nature and thinking that they have some right to it um, and the damage that they're actually doing and how they don't really care. Um, I think that's a, a huge theme in this, and uh, it's an important one, and especially for a film that probably is catered more to children. Um, it, it's a cool cool concept to to introduce them to that theme 
um, especially with everything that's going on in the world in terms of global warming and how we're destroying our planet. Um, having that conversation in a more accessible way is, I think, very important. Uh, a second theme that I noticed was the idea of listening to people who generally don't get listened to. Uh, in this case, it's a child. The child wants, wants to explain to the adults what's going on and wants to help and is telling her father what is happening. And her father isn't listening and is writing her off because she's a child. Um, and something, this really kind of hit home for me because something that I've been uh, talking to my students about is the idea that uh, they have a voice and that they should be able to speak out. And we need to do a better job of listening to kids because they have uh, many great ideas and we can learn something from them. And so you see that here in this, this, uh, this narrative. Um, and then the last part is kind of the idea of othering. We see uh, the this town that had hasn't learned anything about uh, their their neighbors who live in this forest, and um, they they automatically cast the idea that they're bad um, rather than trying to learn to coexist. And uh, other othering is something that's our history has been built upon. doesn't matter where you're from. There's always been some sort of othering of another group of people and or or basically kind of just doing what you want because it benefits you in some sort of way. Um, and so these three themes together made this a really enjoyable experience and made it a little bit more thought provoking than just the basic story, which alone is is fine. Um, it's a exciting, uh, kind of edge of your seat type of story. And, um, and it just happens to play on these three themes, which makes, I think the film more important. Um, so I highly recommend, uh, watching this film. If you have a Apple TV plus it is on there. Uh, if you do not, um, Apple TV plus is kind of an interesting streaming service because they, they don't have a lot of content on there yet. Um, so try if you're going to regularly be paying that uh, price. They were giving it away for free for a while with any Apple products, but I don't know if they're still doing that. Um, but it it's for the price to pay that every single month. They just don't have a lot of content, but the content that they have on there is really good. Um, everything that I've watched on there so far, I have thought was of high quality, and uh, it is worth it if you want to. Um, just pay for a month's subscription and watch the stuff on there. You can watch Wolf Walkers. Um, there's a Beastie Boys documentary on there that's really good. Um, there's a couple series on there. Uh, the Morning Show is fantastic. Um, Ted Lasso is probably one of the, my most favorite things that I watched all of 2020. In fact, uh, if, if you know anything about me, when, especially when it comes to TV shows, I don't watch shows twice. Um, but that was one of that I ended up watching it twice because I watched it um, and then I wanted Rachel to watch it with me again. So we watched it uh, just for paying, just pay for a month, watch everything on there, binge through stuff, and then you don't have to pay for it until they, they bring some new stuff on there. Um, I had mentioned previously that uh, 
uh, Coda was purchased by Apple, and the, so that will be on there, um, and that will be worth watching as well. Um, so Apple TV Plus, they've done some good things. It's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward if they start to fill their catalog a little bit more to make that price look a little nicer because um, I think they're going to run into a problem where people are going to stop subscribing uh, as soon as they've watched everything that they got on there. Um, and they're not going to be able to compete with HBO Max and Netflix and Hulu and a lot of the other bigger name um, companies. So we're going to see how it plays out. But anyway, uh, if you have Apple TV Plus or if you're interested in seeing this film, um, go ahead and uh, get a subscription. Um, it's not terribly expensive. It's still cheaper than going to the movies. Um, and so you can get a month of watching stuff uh, for the price for a cheaper price than going to the movies. Um, and that's kind of how I, I see it. Uh, when, we, when we come back, I will be going over my top five lists for my five favorite films that did not win, were nominated, but did not win Best Animated Feature at the Oscars. We are back with my top five list for Oscar-nominated animated films that did not win uh, Best Animated Film. Um, and as I maybe mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm a little embarrassed that uh, there are certain films that I didn't see. Um, so this list, uh, I, I think, would change if I had gone through and watched a lot more of some of the um, films that they didn't get big theater runs. They were just, they were harder to ex access uh, around Oscar time. In a, in a lot of movies that I don't get the opportunity to see because they're just not available to me, um, they sometimes get forgotten. And I think that happens a lot with animated films. So as I was looking through these this nomination list, there are a lot of films that I would still love to watch and I think would probably probably have a better shot at making the top five than a few of the films on here. Um, but uh, I still really like these five films. Uh, I think they are good, um, and uh, they, they are very deserving of being on a list of films that, that should be uh, applauded despite not winning the Oscar for uh, Best Animated Film. So the first film on my list is the film... How to Train Your Dragon. Out of all of the movies here, um, I think this is the one that most uh, most people probably have seen if they are animated film watchers. And frankly, it feels like the type of film that would would win best animated film in a typical year if it weren't for the fact that it was up against uh, a behemoth like Toy Story three. And uh, Toy Story 3 is going to go down as probably one of the best animated films of all time. Um, and so it just it had an uphill battle. Um, but it is the type of film that in a typical year uh, could could have pulled off an upset. Um, it's very hard to beat a Disney-based film um, just because there, there's so much support behind that. There's a lot. They do a good job of uh, campaigning for those films. 
Um, but How to Train Your Dragon felt like the type of film that typically could win. Um, and it, it, it's your, your typical animated film, but it is done very well. Um, it, it was a, a fun story with uh, recognizable voices. And uh, I think, in general, audiences, they, they really loved How to Train Your Dragon. And so did I. So that's the reason why it ended up at number five on my list. Number four uh, was a film that caught me completely off guard. Uh, I, I did not anticipate um, this as a, a lot of times. Okay, so a lot of times when I watch uh, a film, specifically an animated one, I go into it watching it knowing that it is has been um, well received by critics or well received by audiences, uh, and I I have a purpose for watching it beyond uh, just I'm gonna watch this film. Well, the film Klaus, which came out last year, or I guess two years ago now, um, it was a twist on uh, a Christmas or a Christmas uh, themed story and uh it just caught me off guard i loved this i loved this movie uh and i know that uh some of you probably haven't seen it but it is on netflix it was a netflix netflix film um this past year 2020 they had uh jingle jangle which was fine um and it may get some oscar noms uh for some technical things because it was on some short lists but klaus was much better Klaus just, it was an original take on some stories that, you know, we, we see over and over again when it comes to Christmas. And so, uh, I, I was just, I was, I was taken back by it. And, uh, I, I wish that it maybe had come out in a year where it had a better shot of winning. Uh, Toy Story 4 was fine. Klaus was better. There's another film that's going to end up here on my list uh, that uh, also came out for the 2019 uh, film release year. And uh, that was obviously also a, a better a better film than Toy Story 4. Um, it's just, once again, that Disney, that Disney Pixar campaign it's just hard to beat um not to say toy story 4 was bad it just wasn't up to par um so i highly recommend uh watching klaus if not now because it's kind of weird watching it out of season uh put it on your list as a film to watch for next christmas season um because it it, it is really good it's a heartfelt film and i i really enjoyed it um the next film that I have on my list is the film Persepolis. Persepolis came out quite a while ago. Uh, it came out in the 2006 uh, film season. It was part of the 2007 Academy Awards. It lost out to Ratatouille. Um, but Persepolis is actually not a children's film. In fact, it is made specifically for adults. 
and it is a biographical uh, film that is based upon the graphic novel by the same name, Persepolis. Um, and it's just, it's a cool, cool film. It's the way it plays out. Um, it's pretty neat. Uh, and it, it gives a vision into uh, the Iranian revolution that many of us here in the United States, we simply just do not see. Um, and I, I really appreciated being able to uh, witness this. I still have not read the graphic novel. Um, I, w I would like to do so and then go back and rewatch this film. Um, but if you are interested in that topic, uh, it's a heavier topic um, about a young girl who, who is part of the 1979 Iranian Revolution or is living in that time period during um, when this is, this is occurring. Uh, and uh, recognize that this isn't going to be your same fun-loving uh, type of animated film that we see many times. Um, I highly recommend going out and watching that film. Um, the next film on my list is also kind of in that same vein. And like I said, uh, another film would come from the 2019 film season. I Lost My Body, which also was on, uh, I think it was on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I could be wrong on that, I'm, but I think that it, it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is. Um, yes, it is. Uh, I Lost My Body. It's on Netflix. Um, and this is also a very adult-based film. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching it with kids. Uh, and it, just, it, it deals with some heavier themes. Um, and But it... It is a very imaginative film. The it follows a severed hand that uh, is trying to reunite with its body, and uh, much of the film is told through a series of flashbacks. Um, but I I really really liked it. Uh, I watched it with Rachel, who's my wife, and she. I uh, probably didn't like it quite as much as I did, but uh, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it was my favorite animated film of last year, and um, I would, I would, frankly, watch it again um, because I I just think it's a very imaginative um, uh, film, and in the end, it's very thought provoking. Um, so watch that as well. It's on Netflix. Uh, a lot of these films, they anymore we we have access to uh, a, a lot of movies that we probably didn't at one point in time, and uh, that I think that is great. Um, one of these weeks, I I feel like I I need to talk a little bit about uh, my my viewpoint on film and. Uh, the way that it is being released today and how there's kind of these two sides that are conflicting. But we'll wait till another week to talk about that. 
because I think it is an important conversation and, uh, and should be talked about. But without further ado, we got number one on my list, the fantastic Mr. Fox. The fantastic Mr. Fox. I loved this film. In fact, I love this film so much that it's not even just my one of my favorite uh, animated films. It is also one of my favorite films altogether. So Wes Anderson, who makes a lot of kind of uh, stylized, quirky uh, comedy films that uh, are often perceived as being a little dry, um, he made... Uh, He's made one other animated film, Isle of Dogs, which came out a couple of years ago. I did not see it, um, but I should because I love Fantastic Mr. Fox so much. Um, and it is a stop motion animated film. So it's not your typical drawn or computer generated uh animated film. No, it is done all through stop motion and it is based on the Roald Dahl's uh, no novel that was written for children um, back in the 1970s. Um, but it has a great cast of characters, George Clooney, Meryl Streep, uh, Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, Owen Wilson. Uh, as usual, Wes Anderson films are packed with a lot of star power and that is certainly the case here with Fantastic Mr. Fox. The humor hits right. Um, it it it's just a fun film, um, and I've watched it many times now. Um, but it is it is hard to be in a category against the film Up, which many consider to be one of Disney Pixar's very best animated films. So it lost out there. Um, I would not have voted for Up in that case, even though I do love Up. I think Up is great, but I really loved Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, and so, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. Uh, it is clearly a film that can be enjoyed by children, but I think that it is definitely written with adults in mind as the humor hits, uh, I think, a little stronger for adults. Um, and, and that's just what makes it so great. Um, so... There you have it. I had Fantastic Mr. Fox at number one. I lost my body at number two. Persepolis at number three. Klaus at number four. And How to Train Your Dragon at number five. When we return, we will be going over last week's trivia answers. And we will be having five new questions that represent this week. time and we are going to go over last week's uh, questions and give you some answers 
So question number one was Shaka King initially thought of Judas and the Black Messiah as the departed inside the world of the counterintelligence program. Which famed director won his first best picture with the departed in 2007? That would be Martin Scorsese. It was his very first time winning best picture. Um, and uh, it's a great film, The Departed. Uh, question number two. Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and Lil Rel Howery all worked together in Judas and the Black Messiah. They previously worked together in what 2017 horror thriller? That would be Get Out. Jordan Peele's Get Out. Question number three. Martin Sheen portrays J. Edgar Hoover in Judas and the Black Messiah. What Academy Award-winning actor also portrayed him in the Clint Eastwood 2011 biopic, J. Edgar? That would be Leonardo DiCaprio. Question number four. Fred Hampton made an appearance in an Oscar-worthy film in 2020 and was portrayed by a Kelvin Harrison Jr. What was the name of that film? That is The Trial of the Chicago 7. You can watch on Netflix. And it's going to be one of the favorites for Best Picture, so you should watch it. Uh, question number five. There have only ever been six black directors to be nominated for Best Director at the Oscars, none of which have won. Can you name the six directors? The first was nominated in 1991. So the director who was nominated in 1991 was uh, John Singleton, and he was nominated for the film Boys in the Hood. Uh, Lee Daniels was nominated nominated in 2009 for Precious. Uh, Steve McQueen, he was nominated in 2013 for 12 Years a Slave. Even though that film won Best Picture, he did not win. Uh, Barry Jenkins, he was nominated in 2016 for Moonlight. He also didn't win, even though Moonlight won Best Picture. And then uh, Jordan Peele, he was nominated for Get Out, didn't win. Spike Lee, he's had a little bit more of a history. Um, he was nominated for Do the Right Thing, in, and um, actually... That, that was a mistake, because Do the Right Thing was uh, a 1989 film. Um, so he was nominated prior to that, but he was more recently nominated in 2019 for uh, Black Klansman. And I had just totally forgotten that he had been nominated one previous time in 1989. So that would actually be the first one. Um, so that's my fault. Uh, but uh, six nominated black directors, none of which have won. Um, we may get some more this year, and it's probably they're probably not going to win again this year. Um, but that those, those were the six. All right, on to this week's trivia questions. Question number one. Pixar has been nominated for 49 Oscars across a number of different categories. How many Oscars have they won? Pixar has been nominated for 49 Oscars across a number of different categories. How many have they won? 
Question number two. The first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature was given in 2001 to what film? The first Academy Award for Best Animated Feature was given in 2001 to what film? Question number three. Persepolis was dropped from the 2007 Bangkok Film Festival when what country's government protested its inclusion in the festival? Persepolis was dropped from the 2007 Bangkok Film Festival when what country's government protested its inclusion in the festival? Question number four. How many sequels have been made for How to Train Your Dragon? And what are their names? How many sequels have been made for How to Train Your Dragon? And what are their names? And question number five. Rashida Jones does voice acting in the film Klaus. This is her third animated film. Can you name the other two? Rashida Jones does voice acting in the film Klaus. This is her third animated film. Can you name the other two? All right, folks, that is all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed our show. Can't wait to have you back next week when we talk about the best picture frontrunner, Nomadland. Have a great week.